Welcome to the Uncommonly Made Podcast, where we bring people together to create connections and build relationships. I had the pleasure recently of sitting down and discussing relationships and love with life and relationship coach Jeremiah Larson. He brings years of expertise into his coaching practice. And in this bonus episode, we discuss practical tips that can be applied in a relationship that currently might be struggling or in an attempt to build a strong foundation for lasting love. Enjoy. So we've talked a lot about how to cultivate relationship with the self and really kind of from the perspective of the single population. I'd love to know a little bit more from you on how you guide your couples that reach out to you for couples coaching through challenges to repair their love gap? That's a great question. Um, With couples, I start with a relationship survey and each of them individually rate their current level of satisfaction with the relationship in a bunch of different categories, whether that's their connection through passion, physical connection, mental connection, emotional connection, spiritual connection, romance, quality time, et cetera. And then we come together and we discuss those ratings and there's a lot of great healthy discussion that comes um, through that exercise. The thing I think that's really su- people are surprised about maybe is how other, their partner will rate certain areas. The thing people need to understand is the lowest rating is your actual score. So if, if a guy gives an, a rating in a relationship, an overall rating of a nine, and the woman gives a relationship a four, a lot of guys think, but it's a nine for me. And she needs to work on herself or she needs to just get herself happy. She just needs to figure out what she needs to do to get happy. That's Alex, I'm happy. No, she rates it a four. Your relationship's a four. And it's your job to get it to an eight or seven, or get it up, get it higher. So, I mean, a lot of guys are just really defensive. You know, I don't, I don't want to go to coaching. I don't want to go to therapy. I don't want to go, go to counseling. We don't need marriage counseling. Man, do everything in your power to fix whatever is wrong. There's a chink in your armor. There is a weakness. There's a weak spot in your relationship. Don't be defensive. Just offer yourself. What, what harm is it going to do for you just to open up and say, what can I do? And you take the lead. The guy, hey man, if a woman comes to you and says, start saying something, they're not happy in a relationship, take the lead. You schedule a, a session with a coach. You schedule a session with a therapist or a counselor or whatever. You schedule a date night. You make time for each other. You, you ask what it is that, that she needs from you. What, what can I, how can I show you love today? That's, that's kind of how I work through couples. Um, and I, I wish more couples were willing to do that. I think couples should do it every year. I think you should have a, a check-in every year. I, I think marriages would probably be more successful if they lasted for one year. And every year on the anniversary, you had to renew it. You had to renew that contract. Mm. Right. So that would force you to have to meet with a counselor, sit down and say, and rate everything and then review it. And then you, at the end of it, you ask your partner, do you want to do this for another year? And they say, okay, I'll give it another year. 
Yeah. And we talked earlier about how this, this whole idea of marriage is, you know, I, I said I do and it's, I don't believe in divorce. So we're in this for life. Yeah. And so you think it's going to last forever. And so you coast through it just, and that's just the wrong mindset. The right mindset would, would be, this could be my very last day married to this person. This could be it. If you thought that way every day, you would do things to make sure that it's not. And if you knew you had a review coming that year on your anniversary, you would, you would do everything in your power to make sure that person said yes, if you wanted to be in it. Yeah. If you didn't want to be in it, man, wouldn't it be great to just be able to not waste another five years or another 10 years of your life with someone that doesn't really want to be in that relationship? That's a long-winded explanation for how I work with couples, but couples do a checkup, schedule a checkup. Those hard conversations make for an easy life, right? The hard conversation doesn't take very long. Life takes quite a while. So having a hard conversation for five minutes can give you an easy year, right? To just be uncomfortable in that conversation and have it. So the key here I'm hearing is to evaluate check in on the barometer so to speak gauge where are you in this if if the couple is not balanced out even if it's even at a five if they're on if they're not aligned then i have to figure out how to become in line so the four can get closer to the nine or the nine can come down closer to the four and they can at least find that middle ground then perhaps they'll be able to see eye level on what they can do together to grow at the same pace or to move forward to get closer to that higher level. Um, I like that you highlighted that men have a fear around this conversation. And I think that's very true. I am fortunate to be surrounded in a community where men are learning to be more vulnerable. And anytime I hop into any type of a dialogue where men are being vulnerable, I praise that. I praise you for being here and in this semi-public space where you can share your perspectives and feelings in a vulnerable way too, and the way that you use social media for that, because that will help repair the relationships and the masculine that have been so damaged over the generations and women have um, built up an unhealthy relationship with men. Men have built up an unhealthy relationship with women and then enter into relationships thinking that it's going to be easy and it's not easy. And marital relationships are probably the most difficult relationships because it is 24 seven, 365. Whether you work together in the home or outside the home, the relationship doesn't go anywhere. Friends, family, coworkers all get space they get the opportunity to not be around one another. The marital relationship is the only one other than my twins who spend 24 seven, 365 together that are really together all the time. And if, and if those check-ins and those temperature gauges are not checked, like just like a car, then there's going to be issues. And I think that you hit the nail on the head. I love the idea of um, that review period you know, anybody that's worked in corporate America can understand that analogy. I think the millennials who are all entrepreneurial mindset people might not quite get that. But in the corporate world, you have a review. 
and you have a relationship with your management team and they evaluate your performance and you get to co collaborate on ways to make your working environment better or you know you you get put on probation until you get your stuff together and start to do a better job and i feel like if a marital relationship had a little bit more of that understanding up front that this is what is required in order to build a healthy cohabitation uh, co-marriage relationship not one person then carries the weight and it's not just one person's job to bring that conversation to the table and I think a lot of women today and this is going to become passion work for myself like I feel like this is a need in the community of women for women to feel like they do not have to carry hard conversations in their relationship I think a lot of women come to it thinking that they're the only ones that are going to do the work to fix it. And that the, the, what I'm hearing a lot in the community is that the husband doesn't make the effort like, like he did when they were dating and women are feeling a gap that once the relationship goes into marriage, that then they can coast like you had said. And yeah. we really want to see that effort made that the relationship matters and to still date your spouse. This comes from both sides. Like women be willing to show up and date your husband. Husbands, ask your wives on a date. And this also, can, I don't, so I just want to kind of reel in for a second because I am a heterosexual woman and I prefer a man in my relationship. This also would, would apply to um, same gender relationships. So um, I think it's really just important to relationship wise balance out that masculine and feminine energy in a way that both people feel supported. It's not the man's job. It's not the woman's job. It's a co-created relationship where both have to show up in whichever role they carry. So um, that, that idea of the marital contract becoming renewable and like, let's check in and see how it's going is so powerful. I have a friend of mine who recently shared the way, a, a way that her and her partner were able to come together and do this evaluation process was almost weekly, where they had a weekly check-in meeting. And it was kind of like a debrief on the week. And let's talk about where we showed up for each other, where our misses were, how can we show up better next week? And then next week they did it again. And I think that's such an important piece, but it can't be 100% led by one person. I think that has to be a partnership that both people agree upon. And mm -hmm. it's not always, you know, the wife coming to the table with that meeting. It's not always the man saying, let me take you out on a date. She can also take him out on it. You know what I mean? So there's yeah. that alignment is the word that's coming to mind. So. I yeah. kind of took it's, the mic from you there, but no, it's, it's powerful. absolutely right. And um, I mean, my findings are really the same um, and it shows in my clients, I mean, which are 90 plus percent female because they're willing to work on, on that. And they want to know how, they want to know how a man thinks. They want to try to understand, get inside their man's brain. What is he thinking? Yeah. And unfortunately, tell them um, without talking to their partner. Like, well, some time, let me talk to your partner. Mm -hmm. They don't want to talk to me. Guys don't want, guys already know. They don't, they don't, 
they know everything there is to know is she just has a problem with this and that's just her thing to work out. She's never going to be happy. And I mean, guys would rather buy a fishing rod, a new fishing reel or whatever, you know, and go fishing than spend money on a coaching session or a counseling session to do inner work. And if they're going to change the oil in the car, they're probably going to watch three YouTube videos on where's the drain plug and what size wrench is it? What, you know, is it a 12 millimeter, 14 millimeter? How many ounces of oil does it need? If they're going to fix a part in the furnace, they're probably going to Google it and read the forums for like, what, what's the part that's not working? What's the part I need to get? You could do all this research on these things, but the one thing in their life that's going to bring them the most joy in life or the most pain in life, they're going to wing that. I'm just going to wing it and see how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> Research guys, buy, there's so much information out there. There's so much, so many books. There's, there's, there's a lot of great male coaches out there that can explain it to you. I'd be happy to explain it to you. I can tell you what your, I can tell you what your wife is thinking. I, I can, and if, if she's not happy, she's probably been unhappy for a long time. And she is just boiled to the point where she can't take it anymore. And she, and you're not taking her seriously and you need to, otherwise you're in for a world of hurt. You can never imagine. And then you're going to be wishing you would have paid attention. Yeah. So do you feel couples can repair when there's been blinders on for a long time and she finally gets to the point where she's not going to tolerate it anymore. He finally gets to the point where he's dipped out do you think that once those foundations are the crack is so large that you literally can't jump over it and it's a really big gap do you think there can be a bridge put down for reconnection or do you think some relationships just have an expiration date there there are you know horrible things that happen in relationships and they can be repaired if both people want to put in the work anything can happen anything is possible if both people are willing to stay in it and work in it. To have a to make a marriage work, it's just two people that refuse to quit. I'm not saying it's good. you're going to be happy all the time. A lot of people are just looking to be happy. I just want to be happy. Marriage is work. It's it is work, and and that's hard. And it's hard. And being single is hard. They're both hard. Yeah. I tell you, life is hard. <laughs> it is. And it doesn't matter what, you know, it's, well, if I had this much money, it would be easy. No, you'd have other problems. Right. Other issues. You'd still, you still want you still feel lonely. You'd have more attractions, but you'd still be alone. Would have people to spend it with, but no one's going to love you. You're never going to know if they really do love you. Yeah. So uh, there, anything is possible. You can repair anything that wants to be repaired, but don't let it get there. My dream would be that someone that gets engaged, a couple gets engaged and they immediately find themselves a coach. Yeah. They were getting engaged. The number one reason relationships fail is because of failed expectations. Yeah. Guys are trained their whole life. That marriage is going to, it's going to be the old ball and chain. It's going to be horrible. It's going to be miserable. Right. So once they get married, they find out it's not as bad as they thought. It's like, this is okay. Women tend not to be as happy because they 
fantasize about it their whole life, about how amazing it's going to be. And then when they get married, they find out it's not like that. It is hard work and their, their expectations are not met. So when you're gonna take a trip and you're gonna go somewhere, you're taking a vacation with each other, sit down and talk, what are your expectations for the trip? What expectations for me? Do you wanna spend every moment together? Or do you wanna spend some time half the day to yourself? Do you wanna to go to a spa by yourself? Do you wanna go jet skiing with me? Do you wanna go deep sea diving? Do you wanna just hang out in the hotel? Yeah. What are your expectations? And if you talk about what your expectations are, when you get back from the trip, as long as you did everything that you guys talked about, you had the best trip ever. There's been a lot of times I think people have taken trips with people and they're not fun. Yeah. But did they really talk about it? And the same goes for marriage and starts with your wedding day. What are your expectations for your wedding day? What do you want? What's most important to you on that day? To connect with them or to connect with your family or the speech or the pictures or the cake? What is the most important thing to you? What do you, is there something that you, you want to happen on that day? Do you want to give each other cards? Do you want to give each other a gift? Do like, have those conversations. And then yeah. it starts day one. The, get, the day you get married is not the best day of your life. It should be the next one, right? And then one after that. And, <laughs> and so get a coach right away. You get into a serious relationship, don't wait until there's this huge gap in between you and you right. both are comfortable and one lets themselves go and the other person doesn't really care anymore and someone else is checked out. Right. Don't get there. Don't let it get there. I hear you. And, and if we could promote that and that be the voice um, that we continue to share to the younger generations below us, it is to do this work early. Do this work mm -hmm. early. Continue to be understanding that the work is needed and it'll cultivate a more compassionate, loving, connected relationship longer. If you do the work from the start, those folks who are in a broken place that are feeling like there is not an opportunity to repair, I just want to encourage that it is possible if both parties agree that it's possible and are willing to do the work. Um, there are, and I just want to throw this out there as well, times where I believe that expiration dates are past and sometimes it's okay to allow yourself to feel that truth too because if you're living through repairing a gap or throwing down a bridge and walking across a bridge and you don't want to be on that bridge no work that you do will, will make it better and I think that um the idea of happiness is jaded. Like you said, people just want to be happy and it's not always going to be happy, but the right relationship will always feel right. Even when it's hard, even when it's unhappy, even when there's life challenges, even when you're completely sick and tired of seeing each other through a global pandemic where you're all working from home and there's kids present. Even through that, a loving, compassionate, heart-centered relationship can feel connected if there's the disconnect and there's that disease the disease in the relationship two people need to come together and communicate that hiring a coach is an amazing step towards the right direction there so that the the third party view 
can shine a light into some of those cracks and then offer the opportunity to, to bring those cracks together. And I think that's where your role comes in because you can help the woman have that masculine perspective. You can help the man by saying, look, bro, you really need to show up for your wife in this situation. And I think a coach can really help the couple um, objectively see that that perspective shift. And it's a powerful tool. It's a powerful tool. It is. There's a big difference between coaching and counseling too. And a lot of people are afraid to go to either because they assume that the relationship's over at that point. And that is true. When people go to, by the time they need marriage counseling, too much damage has usually been done and that is not going to go well. And people, the statistics show majority of people that go to marriage counseling end up getting divorced. And that is because they wait too long. Coaching is on moving forward and making a plan. It's about making an action plan. It's preventive maintenance, right? So it's before you get to counseling, it's before that. It's when things are going well that you say, let's check in with the coach. Let's do this exercise and see where we're at. Engage. And then you can make minor adjustments. So much easier to make minor adjustments than to like heal years and years of really, you know, horrible things. The other thing is the, the golden ratio that I love for relationships, which is five to one. So the studies show relationships that last, there are five good experiences to every one bad experience. Just that don't last, do not meet that ratio, right? So, um, right, you guys go out to dinner, you have a great night, awesome. Um, you leave the you know bread open on the counter and the peanut butter jar open on the counter and crumbs all over the place, you can pick it up, that's a negative. And then, you know, what's the next one gonna be? Is it gonna be a negative or is it gonna be positive? And that ratio can be adjusted once you become it. So a lot, a lot of relationships are just negative, 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 hurt, hurtful, spiteful words are said and there's not there's not good things happening there's not great experiences that's why you got you can't stop courting right i mean when you get married it's not it's not i'm not going to date anymore it's you're just agreeing that you're going to date this one person for the rest of your life so you need to continue to date them right so you have those positive experiences if you're not setting up opportunities for these positive experiences to happen and having good memories created, then all you're really going to be left is the, up to chance. Chances are you're going to mess it up. And so there's going to be a lot more negative experiences. I like that five to one ratio, five good for every one bad, because mm-hmm. the bad aren't going to be avoided. Like there's, you, you know, we're not perfect. Oh, yeah. Human relationships aren't perfect. There's no perfect, no matter what the honey-do list says, there's no perfection mm-hmm. in that. So, but just making sure that you um, keep your ratios in check and that's that evaluation process. And that's yeah. you, the, the annual marital contract, like leading up to the, I love that vision of mm-hmm. leading up to the anniversary, get prepared for the review and positives and negatives and come to it from a place of love and compassion and not from a place of dictatorship and rule. And I think that, um, then it, that could be executed really, really beautifully. 
vulnerableness is is vital to having yeah. type of connection, especially that emotional connection. And some men and, and women too are just too defensive to allow their partner to say anything negative about them. And if you don't, if they if you don't allow them to, to say where their needs aren't being met, you won't know how to meet their needs. This is the whole point of learning the love languages. The love languages are to show you how I interpret love and how I feel love mm -hmm. so that I can now express to you how I need you to give that love to me because this is how I experience it. If it's quality time for me, I, I'm going to need quality time from you mm -hmm. and feel loved. If it's physical affection, which like it is for a lot of men, then I need physical affection from you in order to feel loved. So... Good word. One more aspect. And I just want to throw out there so that all the men can hear vulnerability is sexy. Like men need to just embrace that and know that women will be attracted to your ability to be vulnerable and to allow yourself to show compassion, empathy, all of those feeling words that you're afraid to feel because society has shoved it down or your parents' generation taught you something different. Vulnerability feeling words, compassion, um, that heart-centeredness, women want that from men. And so don't shy away from it. Bring it to the table and don't be afraid. And if you do feel something from that experience, allow your feelings to exist. You do not have to suppress your feelings. Anger is a feeling that needs to be evaluated. Where is this coming from? There's probably a threat to your feet, your heart in that depth. So if something triggers you, work through what that is rather than mirror it back on your partner in your relationship. Don't be afraid to be who you are. And your partner, the right loving partner, will hold that space in a way that builds that connectedness to sustain mm -hmm. life's challenges. I think that's a huge piece of repairing some of those gaps. And love languages are great, a great tool to use on the everyday to day experiences to cultivate that relationship, they're a really great tool and they need reevaluated too because they change. Mine used to be acts of service. When I was in the throes of early parenting, I didn't want to be touched. I didn't want quality time. I just wanted the dishes done. I just wanted the diapers changed. I just needed the house cleaned. That acts of service provided me with so much um, love and just yeah. to be seen but now it's quality time now that yeah. my kids are a little bit older I want to be shown that my time is worth spent with and I want somebody to give that to me so if somebody gives me their quality time I feel loved I feel important and it's way different than it was 10 years ago so I think it's really important for couples to reevaluate their um, their needs and then express them your partner doesn't know what you need if you don't tell them what you need and you can't be expected to guess and know so important it is yeah and you you have to understand your own needs yes you can express them to someone else and as far as the vulnerability goes i mean you're right on guys show it as a, a sign of weakness right but it, it takes way more strength way more strength to admit where you messed up and where you need to make some changes. 
that takes strength to be honest and open and to admit, you know, I'm selfish. I'm a selfish. Mm -hmm. A lot of times I do things like I'm just selfish. And I didn't I put myself first. I didn't put you first. I didn't put my first like yourself. You know, I didn't put you first when I did this and I left this on the counter and I made a mess. And I didn't put you first when I said that thing. And I'll work on it. I'm going to willing to work on it. I will, you know, that takes strength. That takes courage. It doesn't take courage just to not open up, tell the other, your partner, they need to work on themselves. There are some codependent relationships out there where it is important not to lose yourself in a relationship and love all of a person. Yeah. Um, but that's a story for another day. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that there are times where therapy is necessary. And I think just to wrap in that coach relationship in coaching, we aren't therapists. We don't bring clinical to the conversation, but what we can't, we help the majority of the population through whatever it is they need to work on, right? The majority of things can be handled outside of therapeutic, therapeutic environment. Therapeutic environment lends itself to some of those character traits like codependency, like addiction, like narcissism. And those words are thrown around in a lot of relationships very loosely where um, a coach can say, okay, look, this is a serious concern that might need additional intervention. And here's a referral on where I can send you to get that additional intervention. Here's where I can help you. But the majority of the population might embody some character traits that once revealed can, can be changed. And I think that it's important to recognize that, um, you know, a lot of the ways that we attach ourselves to our partner can build that unhealthy place that if we just have open dialogue and vulnerability and communicate through it, it can be repaired without the need of therapy type interventions and right. just be willing to have a conversation. So I look forward to unpacking more of these types of conversations in the future through this, through this space. Uh, I really want to use this podcast as a way to share more of these ideas with the world and continue to connect people with the right balance for whatever their needs are. And in this case, if any of this resonates with our couples that, that listen to this show or any of this resonates with our singles, then they can certainly reach out to you and your coaching and find you on social media and email and websites and all the places to dive in further. Yeah, absolutely. Please do. Jeremiah's contact info can be found in the show notes. Stay tuned next week for more from the Uncommonly Made podcast.